0: At this point, I believe in the idea of levels, right? So everybody mm-hmm. has a level of talent or a level of skill. And that skill can only be worked on by constantly working and kind of honing your craft. So the idea that anybody is better than anybody else is kind of a weird kind of thing to me because it's it's really based on the amount of work you're putting in. So if I outwork you, <laughs> you know what I mean, the results are gonna show, regardless of right. what level you're currently at. If I'm working, you know, every night to five o'clock in the morning on my craft, and at some point, you know, I'm going to meet you where you're at.
1: Hey, dream chasers and creative agents of change. I'm your host and creative coach, Lindria Reynolds, and welcome back to Creative Masterminds your dose of creative fuel to help you catch those dreams, stop overthinking and elevate that life transforming brand. I am so happy to have with me on the mic, Mr. LaShawn Tynes. LaShawn is an award-winning art director who has placed his fingerprint on big brand names such as McDonald's, Secret, Aquafina, Dodge and more. But he's also an advocate for diversity and inclusion in the design industry. He is the former diversity lead for AIGA and is the founder and curator of the thought provoking exhibit and movement, The Art of Blackness. LaShawn, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Yes. So I always like Mm -hmm. to say a little bit about how I've met my guests. And um, I first met LaShawn at a networking event about 10 years ago. And he came to the mic with his laptop and just humbly scrolled through his design work. And all I was thinking was, this guy is a creative powerhouse. um, And I want to stay connected to him. We've shared common spaces over the years. um, And I've always been in awe of what he's been doing in the design community. But not only the design community, but the African-American community as well. So, LaShawn... Share with my guests your creative love story. When did your gift make its debut?
0: Uh, I would like to say that it's something that happened spontaneously, but it's really, you know, um, the result of years of hard, hard work. I think the first time I really, really got serious about anything art or design related was drawing comic books as a kid. I was really competitive, and my cousin would just kind of uh, make fun of my drawings, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was older than me and I was a kid and he was really good and I was like well look at my stuff and he was like, kind of laughing and making fun of me so like one day I'm going to show this guy so I'm going to keep working so that's kind of how it started the competitive kind of uh, need to uh, <laughs> be as good as my
1: cousin <laughs> you know, that's usually where um, creativity stems from we're usually motivated by someone else's yeah. um, creativity or um, just competing with them, um, and it, it it helps us. It really it really helps us to become better. So that's pretty cool that you shared um, that it came from actually your cousin.
0: Yeah, I would I would like to say to think that it was a uh, totally God given. I, I I think the talent is is within everyone, but the desire to work hard to pull it out isn't as prevalent with people as uh, the gift itself.
1: That's true. Yeah, yeah, the gift it comes with work. It comes with work. Yeah. Nice.
0: With a Jay-Z, thing. everybody's blessed with genius level talent, but everybody is not as um, enthusiastic about bringing it out as he was. I mean, a Jay-Z there must be some grain of truth within it.
1: Nice. Nice. So I'm a huge advocate for passion projects. One reason is because I believe that we are all influencers in some form or fashion. I and mean, when you make room for your gift, you can change someone else's life. So you've launched your passion project, The Art of Blackness, um, around six, was it around six years ago?
0: Um, I think it was like seven Seven? now, Yes, seven
1: years, yes. Wow, seven years ago. And The Art of Blackness has garnered a lot of exposure um, for African-American creatives in an industry where we're often overlooked. And so what was that defining moment or your personal motivation for launching this explosive award winning exhibit
0: um i was actually an intern for ray nolan when he was doing the uh, unofficially official campaign for barack obama Mm -hmm. so it was a art exhibition featuring artists from all over the country and while barack couldn't for some kind of reason he couldn't officially sign on to it he was endorsing it and and kind of collaborating with ray so i I kind of witnessed putting together a national show by working with Ray first. And uh, yeah, I would say I definitely learned from him, like how to get it done. And I always had in my mind that while the idea of a national art show is really dope, it would be even doper if like Black artists had that same kind of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of artists that I asked when I first thought about doing it, or against the idea of doing something entirely Black, like it would it would kind of mark them or bring the, the the kind of attention that they didn't want. Like they didn't want to be Black artists, they just wanted to be artists. Wow. But my, my thought process was that, you know, actually we should be a little more encouraged about who we are, where we come from, and embrace our cultural heritage. So that's kind of where I was uh, thinking that the art of Blackness would be here from the officially unofficial campaign.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a cool thing to do for a lot of artists for a lot of different reasons that I can understand. It's like maybe you're blocking opportunities by totally embracing your blackness. Like this this state of wokeness that we have now really didn't exist in the way that it exists now 10 years ago.
1: It didn't. I agree.
0: Yeah. Everybody was kind of afraid to be that outspoken and proud of their heritage so I like to think that we're part of the movement that helped to make this kind of thinking cooler or acceptable or something that people would actually be excited about. You know, Martha Wade calls it, uh calls this new era, the the new black renaissance. That's what she's calling it.
1: Wow. I mean it's interesting that you point that out because I think um as designers um in an industry that's so competitive and it's so few of us just in the design industry but get the same accolades Um, I did a hard google search trying to find this designer I could not remember his name for the life of me and not one african-american designer popped up as a designer that um, we should know when when that's going on in society sometimes as an African-American, you're trying to figure out where do you fit in. If I go too black, they're really not going to want me. But if I go over here, mm-hmm. then my community may not want me. <laughs> like, it's, there's, a, there's a fine line to walk. In an industry that seems more exclusive than inclusive, if that makes sense.
0: It makes total sense. Uh, it's actually a really bold move to have done, so, done the, the things that we do. With the art of blackness, considering that the industry isn't very diverse at all and opportunities aren't really readily available to begin with. but my my opinion or my kind of standpoint was that instead of just trying to tread the line, we just wanted to stomp on the line and you know erase it with our foots and yeah. <laughs> our right threes and be as black as possible and uh, unapologetically black and proud of our blackness and um, create a black, a platform where artists can be themselves and express themselves to their fullest extent without fear of retribution or um stymie in their careers.
1: At the end of the day, the work is simply amazing. Um and so I mean you can't you can't deny greatness. Congrats to you for creating this platform and st- and stomping on the line and just not (laughs) not just sharing you know african-american artists but just amazing work from african-american artists so it's just it's really it's phenomenal work so thank you for that
0: uh thank you for appreciating They, they really they're really incredible artists all on their own i'm just happy that i have um, the ability to create a platform and share the work that people may not be familiar with. You know, that was one of the goals like, you don't know who Emory Douglas is, but you should know who Emory Douglas is. You don't know who Brent Rollins is or Andrea Pippen or Jay Purple Brown, but you should know these people because they're actually pioneers and they're at the front lines of creativity and they're Black, so even if you thought you could, you couldn't do it, we showcase these artists to so let you know that, yeah, it can be done and it's being done right now.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you for doing that. And just to piggyback off of this, um, what has, you know, been the most rewarding experience uh, for launching such a powerful movement?
0: For me, getting the show downtown in a central location where everyone can come and see it, you know, what, what some people don't know is that The Art of Blackness is the only Black art show created by Black people that's um, intentionally Black <laughs> that's been downtown for years. I think people, Brantley did a show like maybe two years ago and Harlem How, How Flying Arts did a show in the Merchandise Mart maybe three years ago, but for the last four years, we've been the only group to put together a show for Black people downtown. Yeah, it's not, it's essentially not easy to get a show downtown it's for black people because you know there are some stigmas that are associated with black people Well, they're violent and you know yada 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 uh-huh. so uh a, a secondary thing that i'm probably proud of is how people show up and kind of show out and everybody's classy everybody's intelligent and um and supportive so probably those two things are not combined I
1: was really proud when I found out it was going to be at black block 37 because I work downtown and I was like and mm-hmm. i've I've gone to block 37 um, for other exhibits and to know that this exhibit was actually going to be at block 37 in the heart of downtown and have so much exposure to different cultures um it really made me proud so kudos to you for <laughs> getting that down there because people need to see it The first thing people say is that we don't we don't know where it's at we don't have access to it and it's right there so that was that was really good
0: i get people who are fresh out of jail i get people from out west i get people who are traveling to chicago from other places and they all stop in and they say wow this is incredible that it's just it's here and it's so black and i can i can relate to the images i can bring my kids here i can bring my grandmother you know it's something that everybody can be proud of
1: Right. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. And thank you for, again, I I can't emphasize enough how important it is um, that you're exposing um, the community and even youth, you know, to um, different artists that are, you know, making a name for themselves and are doing it. And they can see them as an example of who they could possibly be. I know for me, Um, I would always hear about Leroy Winbush, but I wouldn't hear too much more about other African-American designers. And we know that in order for the in order for people to continue to be inspired, they need to know through different generations who's putting their footprints in design and you're creating history. So thank you for doing that.
0: Wow. Thank you for saying that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You are. I'm just telling the truth. So developing um, an exhibit like The Art of Blackness um, and just simply producing design work over the years, I'm sure you've developed some amazing relationships. And so how have these creative collaborations helped you as an art director and a curator? And I know you mentioned Ray earlier, mm-hmm. but who else have you collaborated with um, along the way?
0: Well, I think those are two questions I'll ask. I'll answer the first one first. Um, I think Curating a page that features really awesome artists makes you want to step your game up anytime you're doing something, you know? Okay. If you're profiling Brent Robbins again, who created the Boys in the Hood logo, he created the Do the Right Thing logo, the School Days logo, he was the creative director for Complex Magazine with all those iconic covers. Uh, it puts you in a frame of mind that you have to, you know, step up and be competitive, you know? Um because when I'm creating an ad or a campaign that's featured on the same page, it can't fall short of the work that's being featured by other artists. Otherwise, it'll look kind of weird. It wouldn't match correctly. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of stay on your toes and be be inspired by the work they're doing and uh, and aspire to do better work. So that's um, question number one. Uh, artists that I cr- collaborated over over the years. Well, every year we try to feature a photographer, whether they're already like established or they're emerging to like shoot the promo. So we've had quite a few photographers. We've had some, um, some type people create custom type for the exhibition promotions. Um, we collaborated with um, a custom flag maker to create the flag last year in a 27 campaign, 2017 campaign. So it's always somebody... Okay coming in and pitching in to help out with the creative uh, in addition to, you know, constantly having a a nice roster of artists for the exhibition.
1: You said something um, that really stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. Be inspired by the work they're doing and try to do Mm -hmm. better work. Um, I thought that was really important because I think sometimes creatives may shrink a little bit when they see, another creative doing amazing things or think of them as their competitor instead of being inspired by the work that they're doing so that they can level up their work. And so I'm glad you said that because I think as creatives, we should be inspired by other creatives. Everyone has a different gift, a different talent. Um, And so it's good to be inspired by other people instead of shrinking back and not really sharing your gift or looking at someone as, as so someone else as, oh, they're my competition. So I'm, I'm going yeah. to try to beat them <laughs> instead of collaborating with them or trying to, you know, figure out how can I, how can I work with you so that I can be a better yeah. designer? And so I love that you mentioned being inspired by um, other creatives and other designers. Yeah. My, my
0: philosophy, when it comes to that, I know a lot of designers and careers were super competitive Um, even I was competitive, super competitive at a a very early age, but at this point I believe in the idea of levels, right? So everybody Mm -hmm. has a level of talent or a level of skill and that skill can only be worked on by constantly working and kind of honing your craft. So the idea that anybody is better than anybody else is kind of a weird kind of thing to me because it's, it's really based on the amount of work you're putting in. So if I outwork you, <laughs> you know what I mean? The results are going to show, regardless of right. what level you're currently at. If I'm working, you know, every night to five o'clock in the morning honing my craft, then at some point, you know, I'm going to meet you where you're at. So I don't believe in this idea of this um, constant uh, supremacy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this, right. The supremacy isn't constant. The hard work is what dictates who's um, who's at the top of the pile, I think.
1: I agree. I totally agree. You got to continue to hone your craft. Yeah. And especially um, in these times with technology and even, I mean, over time, things change. Different things are trending. Um, There's so much innovation happening in our society that you, you, in order to even stay relevant, you have to continue to work hard and just stay on your game.
0: Pretty much, yeah. You can't you can't rely and be lax on what you were doing and how impactful it was because there's somebody right behind you who's seeing what you're doing and they want to be just as impactful as you and they're working hard and they don't have all the relationships and all of the um, awards and, you know, recognition. So they're working super, super hard and if you're not on your P's and Q's at some point, you know, <laughs> you, you'll get left behind, yeah. What did uh, Uncle 3000 say? You're only funky as your last cut? <laughs> <Something> like that. <laughs> but
1: that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, even in, in the arts, they say you're only good as your last movie. Yeah. yeah.
0: No matter what you're doing.
1: Yeah. How many actors or actresses we haven't seen in years? Yeah. Because someone has graduated out of theater school and have taken their spot. Yeah. And so you got to keep on stepping your game up to stay
0: relevant. And thinking about new ways of relevancy. What what may have worked for three or four years for you may not work for the next three or four years. So you have to have this this awareness of where you are at in the hierarchy of the arts and understand what your trajectory is. And if that trajectory is going upward or if it's going downward. And if you feel like it's going downward, start thinking of new ways to kind of, you know, move your creativity so it's more impactful in other ways.
1: Nice. Okay. We talked a little bit about um, creative collaboration. And I remember when you spoke on the panel for After School Matters, Mm -hmm. um, you talked about mentorship. Mm -hmm. And I think that mentorship is important for every person of every Mm -hmm. age. And I know for me, I get my creative fuel from people um, who have been before me and I've had mentors who kind of turned into my friends. Um, but, you know, they still men- they, they still mentor me in their own way. So how important is it for creatives um, who want to launch their own business or um, curate an exhibit or just like level up their position in their current place of employment to mm-hmm. have a mentor?
0: Um, I think it's I think it's critical. I think mentorship is critical in every aspect of life. And um, if you're not engaged with someone who can give you the kind of ins and outs and uh, put you on the right path, you're kind of starting from scratch. But if you have a mentor, you're starting from where they left off. At you know what I mean? So if they so if they yeah. establish themselves nationally and they're doing great things, then you begin there. <laughs> that's that's your baseline for success. Like, oh I need to do national stuff. And I need to do this and then this is how I do. It. Right. Um yeah, just just knowing what you can achieve and how to achieve those things. Um I always recommend it. If you don't have a mentor, you should go out and find one immediately. For whatever it is you're trying to do in life.
1: So, LaShawn, who have been some of your mentors along the way? Have you had mentors at different phases of your life?
0: Uh yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, I've had quite a few from high school, um, to Ray Nolan, to Gus Granger, uh, to Steve Ryan. Um, I'm very aggressive when it comes to mentoring. So if I feel like I'm lacking in something and I'm reaching out and I'm asking questions and, you know, sending text messages and setting up coffee meets, whatever I need to do to kind of get the knowledge that I need, um, it's just,
1: it's super important to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm an aggressive person with my mentor too. I, I will, my mentor, she has to tell me, no, (laughs) she has to just flat out say, Lindria, no, I don't have the time to talk to you. If not, I will text you. I will email you, especially if I have a burning question that, to me may be critical for my next power move um and so i totally agree as it relates to having a mentor they're they're just they're critical um as it relates to just life changes as you continue to move in different phases in your life it's good to have somebody there i like to call them my mentor i call her she's a part of my personal board of directors Mm mm-hmm And so she's just that close to me, whereas, like, I have this group of people that I can reach out to as it relates to different situations in my life. So just having different people who you can reach out to to help you get to the next level. I totally agree.
0: Networking is super important in Chicago. I remember when when Ron and Bob were opening up Persona, uh, and I was having a conversation with Ron, and I was congratulating him on his success. He's like, you know, man, it ain't nothing. And I was like, no, it's actually super important for Black people to be able to see that you can own a club downtown. It's not like, sometimes I feel like we have this impression that ownership is an impossibility for us and we have to go out and totally play ourselves in some corporate position and not live our truest lives for our economic viability. But it's totally not true because the majority of the culture in this country is built upon Black culture. So it's extremely profitable and has a lot of equity that people just don't don't understand and they're not comfortable comprehending. Like, they'll call you a hotep if you say stuff like that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this hotep, Sean. And like, no, this is a real thing. Like, this is a truity. Everybody, if you listen to any of the premier artists today, they'll tell you the same thing. Look at Rihanna and Fenty
1: yeah
0: seeing people doing things like that and having a network of people who are striving towards something that may not that may not be um a popular sentiment or a popular goal or aspiration but they're making those kind of things happen based on their hard work it encourages you and it makes you it makes you feel like you have to push yourself harder as well That makes sense.
1: Right, I agree. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing that quick nugget about networking. Yeah, Um, because that's that's really important, and you can meet your mentor just from networking.
0: Yeah, like Um, earlier, I feel like a a lot of artists are just so competitive to the point where they're defeating themselves because they don't know how to collaborate, they don't know how to ask for help, they don't know how to work well with other artists, and it's it's something that'll hold you back. Because anybody that I know that's doing really great things, they have a super big network and there's always collaborations on the table. Always.
1: Yep. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Thanks for sharing that. I know someone, someone listening, they, they really need to hear that, especially just starting out. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. So LaShawn, what's next for you? What's your next big project? What are you working on that the world needs to know?
0: Well, we just kind of did a collaboration with a, a small art gallery in Europe, in London. So oh, that wow. happened last week. It was a really quick, kind of, it was a really quick kind of turnaround. So I couldn't really share the information about it because I have to work on it and get it done as soon as, as quickly as possible. We're gonna work on some music collaborations with those guys across the pond. Uh, we're talking about doing uh, the show, the exhibition in other states. Uh, the Texas Museum of African American History is on the table. I think mm. that's one of the places. Maybe L.A. Um, maybe setting up a more permanent space in Block Thirty Seven next year. So instead of a one month kind of pop up, maybe it's half a year or something like that. So those are the kind of things that we're trying to plan out right now.
1: Nice. And that was going to be one of my questions. Like, what is the the national visibility look like? Like, how did that those connections come about? Where you're you've been able to potentially make the art of blackness a national movement.
0: Uh, it was it was kind of in, unintentionally intentional. It's kind of like when you're planning stuff out, you leave a door open for like secondary moves. So, you know, the Chicago scene is the first act and you kind of leave the back door open for a more national movement as the second act. And over the years, the momentum for that kind of thing has kind of grown or the demand for it. So now people are asking me, hey, can you come to LA or can you come to Texas or can you come to New York? Here's a place that you can do it at. Here are some artists. So now the opportunities are kind of manifesting from the original kind of thought. Mm -hmm. So now it's time to kind of implement it. Did I ask the question? (laughs) You
1: did. (laughs) You really did. Because I think sometimes um, creatives or people who are really trying to really create a platform for their brand Mm -hmm. they're always thinking about well how can I make my brand national I know I'm starting here I'm more local but how do I become national and I know that there's a process involved.
0: Having artists who are based out of Chicago helps create that opportunity because originally I think we only had Andrea Pippin as uh, the only out-of-state artist like maybe the second or third year about the fourth year, we had two, and then the fifth year we had three, and this this last year we had, uh, I, I would say at least half the work was from people who were outside of Chicago. So it's LA, it's Brooklyn, it's Baltimore, um, Emory Douglas. I think he was in Africa when he sent out his prints. So having those relationships in different places again, picking back off of the uh, the comment on networking, creates more opportunities.
1: Bingo. <laughs> that makes, that's it. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Um, it's definitely, it's relationship building. And the fact that your exhibit has grown so much and you've brought in people from, shoot, all over the world, um, I mean, it can't help but to, to, continue to grow so thanks for sharing that and I'm really excited <laughs> keep me posted because it's, it's really growing Um, it's, it's getting national acclaim and so and you're working on some work where did you say what country did oh, you London, mention a London. phone art gallery
0: and, oh that was London Yeah,
1: in London
0: yeah. yeah so I was working with a DJ on some playlists like curating playlists and maybe sharing those monthly and uh, she's a, a really big deal out in uh, Europe and in New York and L.A. And she was just like, hey, you know, I'm doing the show uh, in London in a couple of days. <laughs> Do you want to collaborate? I was like a couple of days. How are we going to share the information? know? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. It just happened last week.
1: Nice. Well, congrats, LaShawn. Mm, Thank you. Congrats. Now you, I can't wait to see you in the history books. (laughs) No, this is awesome. So how do you stay connected to your different audiences? People who want to um, see your work or they want to actually come to the Art of Blackness exhibit or just get to know you a little bit better. So how do you stay connected to your audiences?
0: Well, I think after the second year, I started thinking about The idea that every year I had to create the momentum for the show before the show happened, and I had to start from scratch again, every time I do the show, maybe it's a better idea to have a social media presence. So we have engagement the entire year long, and we're gaining new audiences and new eyes with every post, every share, versus, again, just, just waiting until February And starting all over again. So I I would say having kind of a continuous campaign, whether that's a group on Facebook or uh, some kind of Instagram profile or maybe even an email blast, a newsletter kind of thing or a blog, Mm -hmm. where you have content throughout the whole year. So anytime you have a new initiative or a new event, the audience is already there.
1: That makes sense. I I remember when you you launched the Instagram um, page, and mm-hmm. for me, to me, that's what turned it into a movement. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem just it didn't it didn't just seem like an annual exhibit. It was right. like oh this is hap This is a real thing happening all year round. It definitely built momentum, mm-hmm. and um, you got to it was a learning experience too because you got to see all these different artists and all this um, amazing work throughout the year. So it was really It became more of a movement to me at that point once it became um, more of a campaign, an annual campaign versus um, just when you had the actual exhibit.
0: Exactly. There's a certain level of momentum that happens anytime I have the show. But once the show is done, that momentum can die. But if you have um, a presence online and you're sharing content throughout the year, that momentum never dies. It just goes into something else. You know, absolutely. So, if you ever want to like do product with like t shirts or, um, you know, things specifically for creatives like um, Photoshop actions or templates or Instagram stories, you can sell product, you can do events, you can do a lot of different things if you already have an audience um, waiting for you to share content. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Um, thanks for sharing that, LaShawn. Yeah. So, yeah. My last question for you is, where can people find you?
0: I'm, I'm online. I, I, I try to keep my, my my presence as remote from the art of Blackness as possible. It's, it seems a weird thing to use your platform that, that creates awareness for artists and a need for inclusion and make it all about yourself. So I try to keep those kind of worlds separate. No. So I can have my own opinions and the art of blackness is solely open-minded and just strictly about the people. however that manifest itself. But you can find me uh, at online dot online.com
1: and it has all my
0: handles on the website. Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram,
1: So now, see, I said that was my last question, question, but you said something that made made me want to just throw this one in there real quick. You mentioned how you sort of separate your brand, your personal brand from Mm -hmm. the art of blackness and and it's intentional. Um, How has, how do you feel about that? And generally speaking for creatives (laughs) to separate their personal brand from their passion project brand or their business brand. Do you think that that's you know generally a good idea or you know does it work depending on the person?
0: Uh, I would say that when you start thinking about your passion project as a business, it's 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 helpful. I wouldn't say critical critical, but it's definitely helpful in an instance that you know you as an individual may lose momentum or you know, um, you might get played out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about LaShawn all the time. I want to hear about somebody else. But if you build a movement, the movement always has, especially when it's a, a movement based on a roster rotating artists, it always has this certain level, level of momentum. So even if you're kind of lacking in momentum, it's still going. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um it just makes things a little more professional when, when you're offering products and services that it's a business entity versus it being your business entity and you're all over the place, you know, constantly promoting yourself and yada, yada, yada. I can do all that stuff on my page.
1: That makes sense. Well, thanks for sharing that. Okay. That was my last question. I promise. <laughs> Oh, LaShawn, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, you have definitely dropped um, some nuggets today and just um, really shared some great insight for creatives um, at different stages of their career. So I really thank you for sharing all this um, amazing information um, about your exhibit and just your journey. I'm really glad that you're doing what you're doing and you're inspiring so many people and you're really you've created this platform to share the phenomenal work of other african-american artists um so that our generation can continue to learn from each other as well as the younger generations can be inspired to do even greater things and be and be able to share their works as creative so thank you for doing that
0: no problem i always say in the show During the closing, I don't think I said it this year because I was so busy doing stuff, but I always tell the audience that our artists are our storytellers and they're telling our stories and they're telling our history, a struggle an accomplishment, um, adversity, and winning in life as an African-American. It's our responsibility to support these artists as they are sharing our stories, you
1: know? And it's truth, they're sharing truth.
0: Thank you for having me today.
1: Oh, absolutely, and thank you for joining me. So here are my three key takeaways from my creative conversation with LaShawn. Find you a mentor to fuel your creativity. Find you someone who has laid the pavement so that you can walk on it and thrive. Number two, don't think small. If you have started a new business or even a passion project, be strategic Develop your network and leave a door open for it to expand and grow. And last but not least, don't be afraid to use your passion project to go against the grain and start a creative movement. Please stay connected and join my Facebook group, Creative Masterminds. And let's continue our creative conversation there. Until next time, be you and keep shining.